listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Nobert, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. I see a little silhouette of a man scaramouche, scaramouche, when you do the pandango, all of us are lightning, very, very frightening, me, Galileo! 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 We never go! Jesus! We'll talk about that in a second. I saw that movie. So we're not going to waste any time, guys. Welcome oh to Nerds God. on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Roxy Noberry. I'm Sean Moriarty. I'm Gina Giovanetti. And I'm Sarah Ashley. Sarah! Oh, shit! He came back to us. I mean, I was on the last episode of Nerds on you Film. It just was back. Ago. You were. You're here. I am. They, they always said, okay, if you love something... Yourself. Set it free. <laughs> if it comes back to you, it was arms. meant to be yours. <laughs> <laughs> yours, um, Sarah. So, hey, guys, believe it or not, we have not been drinking yet. So, uh, wait, 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 did you just say my last one? I have, right? I, I have. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so, it is. Sarah, you're ours. I just wanted to open up with something very special because this is episode 200. I thought we would toast to something very exotic. So, this is. We got this in the Caribbean on my honeymoon. It is <gasps> called Mama Juana. It's, Did it's not a be real mistaken for marijuana. Not to be confused. That's Jamaica. <laughs> That's two islands over. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Mama Juana is a uh, an earthy aphrodisiac. Um, it is meant to be. Uh, it's about to get real horny in here, y'all. <laughs> yeah, about yeah. to. Um, it's okay. I'm wearing a chastity belt. So. Um, <laughs> It was Vanessa's request. Oh, so, uh, go the locksmith. <laughs> <laughs> go the locksmith. Uh, so, Mama Juana is uh, is an, is a uh, an infused beverage oh that God. is a combination of it smells like wine. It honey. smells like Coca Cola candy. Yeah. So it's it wine, honey, so good. and rum Ooh. infused with cinnamon and other types of bark. It's a little on the earthy side. So if we'd all, it's why everyone has a little Ooh. bit of it. So everyone can please. Smell it. I poured mine into a glass to let it breathe for swirl. a moment. You want to oh, swirl yeah, it? I, if you can swirl it, swirl it. It smells like Brooks Brothers. I, I do want to mention that Furniture Brian store. was very kind and sent small bottles of this to Sean right, and buddy. I. Uh, he, he, he's providing this for everyone, whether we are recording remotely or not. Yes, I illegally used the, the United States Postal Service <laughs> to transport an alcoholic beverage. Everybody in the club. In my case, tipsy. to a college campus. By the way, you legally can only import personally about uh, two liters of liquor uh, into the United States from the Dominican Republic. This you can do as much as you want because it is considered medicinal. Wow. Well, Brian, really? Brian, that's why I told you you needed to you needed to work out and massage your prison wallet before you went so you could have fit two <laughs> <Yeah>. extra liters. <laughs> um, now, by the prison way, so you guys can see this bottle. Uh, it's essentially a bottle that's full of bark right now. Yeah, it looks but the cool like thing it's is, packed with like tan bark and a few other things. Right. Ryan, are we drinking rubbing alcohol? So they, you can actually <laughs> refill this up to 10 years. Oh my God. Wow. And it tells you how to refill it. And they actually just what sell the, wow. the spices so that you oh, can wow. make your own if you want. But that's let's cool. all Oh, that's it, dope. Smell it and then So take a this sip. is, according to the label, th- this is 30 degrees alcohol. They have different <laughs> labeling in the Dominican Republic. Ooh, Here we go. That, that is nice. That actually tastes... Not like it smells. Yeah. It's a little not, more not, earthy. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but that's it's also like, why it's good. I threw in a little bit of red wine because I wanted to balance Ooh, out some of the That's, that's good. A good idea, Brian. Oh, that's Sean, it's, it's like good. a spicy fernet, right? That's it's a good. Thing. It's like I'm getting a little bit of a foundation, like makeup foundation flavor out of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you lick a makeup palette? I'm not joking. <laughs> Mine so, has like a it's, vanilla. It definitely is sweet. It has a medicinal character. <laughs> yeah. 
my, oh, my sense getting... memory is like mm. my grandma's soup, like fermented, plus like walking into her furniture store and smelling all the leather couches. <laughs> like, That's you know so that specific. Smell? Um, just, just you know, guys, if you start to feel blood rushing to your nether regions, just know. Do what you gotta do. Cross your legs. Call a doctor. <laughs> call a doctor. No, don't if call a doctor. If it lasts more than four call hours, call a doctor. <laughs> but if it lasts God. more than four hours, right? Yeah. Man, this is felt the nether regions move, but I'm still fully man spreading. <laughs> Damn you, subway water chick. Okay, that was Mine's very nice. Delicious. I. This is fantastic. Yeah, this is great, I'm all right? about it. I'm this glad that a... you guys enjoy it. Thank you for guys. And it goes well with the goat cheese and cracker spread. It does, yes. We got oh, a little smorgasbord. You guys smorgas- got goat cheese there? Can Fuck you get you. this in the States Damn anywhere? It. No, you cannot. It's, it's, so you can find it online. It is like super duper expensive. This bottle that I got for 20 bucks uh, in, in the Dominican Republic, $20 American, would cost 60 uh, stateside. Oh. So. Shit. Well, geez. Yeah. Well, again, I appreciate the bottle that you sent out. I As really do I. I really like mine. I think it's delicious. It's a very dangerous drink for Gina, and thank God you didn't send a larger bottle because it's the kind of thing that, like, I can feel the alcohol warmth, like, in the back of my mouth. But, like, hey, um, I have a mine has a very like vanilla kind of sweet taste, like an earthy vanilla taste, and that's gonna that's gonna go down a little too easy and if i had any more yeah. you know what i probably it's too okay. would go down easy yeah. so I, I like it better yeah. than i like hips <laughs> nips and fingers. so we, we, just got, we just got back from our, our, our honeymoon like a week ago and we got this we got legit uh, organic chocolate we got vanilla Ooh. like true Ooh. straight vanilla both the blanco and the negro mm. uh, not the Ooh. kind that comes from the beaver butts nope <laughs> um this is great. It goes really well with the cheese. Amazing. And it's also a nice little preview because it kind of tastes a little like glug. Yeah. And it's almost the oh, season where, yes. we, where we get to the glug making because you guys are all getting glug again. You but guys know that. Yeah. It's like the jelly of the month club. Like, oh, no. fuck you, pumpkin spice. No, oh, God, no. I'm sorry. I'm the glug is so much. The glug is so much better than jelly of the month club, well, though. Well, do you I guys hadn't... remember... That I drank the whole thing without like mixing it with yes. any water. Yeah. Oh, I just like heated it up and drank. I was like, dude, that was harsh, <laughs> but it was delicious. I drank the whole thing, and he goes, "You mixed that. You doubled it up with half water, right?" And I was like, mm, nah, mm. "No." <laughs> I feel like I that feel like your reaction thing. to it is like there's that episode of The Simpsons where the Barton Millhouse go in and they have Apu mix them a like all syrup oh, super yeah. squishy mm-hmm. and then they like trip out on it. That's yeah. what I imagine happening to you just like realizing like, oh no, I didn't water this down. Yeah, because if you can imagine, I already can't shut the fuck up. I mean, we've just figured that out in the last like 10 minutes. But you've got that plus like a massive sugar rush in addition to inebriation. It is a, it's a hurricane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know I, what they I believe say. it. Brian, your glug is the thing I look forward to all season long. So Yes. I'm and I, I look forward to it too at the appropriate timing. <laughs> it is not Christmas season yet. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not <laughs> fucking Christmas start, yet. I'm talking with my mouth full, but I don't give a shit. It's the 200th episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Congratulations, it's episode two hundred. We don't give a shit anymore. Cool. I'm all right um, with that. I'm totally okay with pumpkin that. Pumpkin spice frosted flakes. Is a thing. It's a little much. That seems like a little much. And I found it today. In Target. It's the American Did you get a box? No! 
Dude, you gotta just for stoner reasons. My problem is is I don't feel like Frosted Flakes are good usually. With cinnamon, though? No, not really. There's actually a cinnamon sugar Frosted Flakes, which is great. Here's the thing. I have no problem with pumpkin. I have no problem with pumpkin spice. I have the problem of calling something pumpkin spice when it doesn't taste like fucking pumpkin. Yeah. No, I have because, well, how do you know if it doesn't taste like is, pumpkin if you didn't really, buy the box? It's, it's just like nutmeg and cinnamon. And, and yeah, clove, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, not, yeah. it's, it's the homey spices that go into exactly. like yeah. pumpkin-y products. Right. It's so, not nece- doesn't necessarily mean it includes actual pumpkin. Yes. My, my polite appeal mm-hmm. polite. is that people, the corporate America, rebrands this to, <laughs> unless it's actually got pumpkin in it. Yes. Because it really is. It's supposed to be pumpkin and spice, but we got lazy. Somehow in the early 2000s, we, we dropped ands from flavors. It was no longer apples and cinnamon. It was now apple cinnamon. Yeah. It was no longer cinnamon and spice. It was now cinnamon spice. Same thing with this. Well, you know, they have to pay advertisers Okay, so. Yeah, right, exactly. That <laughs> so, ampersand. We got to pay them by the letter. Get rid of that ampersand. Uh-huh. So, so corporate America, if you're listening, take pay people more and actually pay your taxes off the top of the list and actually make pumpkin spice pumpkin at the top. <laughs> or, thank you. if you're going to make the flavors you're making, great. Call it fall spice. Fall yeah. spice sounds just as good. That's fair. Autumn I will spice. say, um, getting a pumpkin spice latte with um, soy, which I've been doing this season, um, makes it taste more like pumpkin pie-ish to me. But what, What's the oh, soy that's do cool. for it? I don't know. It's just something about the the soy milk instead of using regular milk just makes it more taste more creamy. Do you think I could do it to hmm. almond milk too? Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. Almond I just the milk. thing is, is I because I stopped getting I stopped doing regular milk. Yeah, me too. Um, a while back, so. It was funny because Vanessa was looking at it and she was saying, they're basic. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Tony the Tiger is That is amazing. Oh, my God. My wife is hilarious. And I love her. So... Well, 200 episode. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. 200. Dosiento. Episodio Dosiento, everybody. We made it, y'all. <laughs> I don't know how. We haven't 200 episodes is something that all of us we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this episode is a celebration, okay? It's us reminiscing. It's us shooting the shit, honestly, because we haven't been together in a couple months. Um, it's well, me you guys did the witch episode in October. Brian. We did, yeah. Which was awesome, by the way. Thank Sarah. you, Sean. Yeah, your witch episode was, was, was on point. Sarah, on you point. finally get to put your uh, murder playlist to good use. I know. Yeah. I'm, and th- honestly, the night. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about movies because it always ends up tangentially Ooh. going there. So we'll talk about movies. But this is really just about celebrating us. And plus, also, you want to end this two-parter with uh, Ellie gave us another episode, another yes. chapter. In Wait, does that mean that she's written two stuff. chapters now and I haven't written a chapter in between? Did, or have we not read the most recent oh, no, no. chapter? Maybe she, she just gave me more insults and more feedback. I'm not no. sure. No, she, no, she, she, she gave you more insults and more feedback. She's waiting for Sean to respond. I have and then... been That's what it is. so busy that I yes, have not have. been able to write the next chapter, but I will do it as soon as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. Well, well we yeah. got some God, feedback yes. from Elliot. We're going to be happy to share I'm with jealous you. of your fucking dip. I hate you. <laughs> It's not the dips and the cheese and whatever it is. It's sustenance and I don't have it. God, you got y'all got them fancy cheeses. I'm so jealous. I'm so mad. I'm not there in Can person right now. Cheetos there in the library with the gum and cheese. God. <laughs> Can I tell you guys about not even not even in made? the library because they were having a power issue today. You guys, like, it's story time. The welfare in the library <laughs> with the gum and cheese. <laughs> Ta-da. Yeah. Can I tell you guys about something awesome that I made? Oh my god, please. 
I yesterday I made brie and chive biscuits and they were delightful. Ooh. What? Yeah. Sarah told me about this. That in my sounds like water. a wet dream I had once. Yeah, it's ba- it. you basically take like a, a typical biscuit recipe, and then you just mix in chive and brie before you pour oh. in your liquid before you do your buttermilk, Ooh. and then you mix it out, and knead it, and then it's amazing because. Like it melts into it when it bakes and it's awesome. If I so wasn't good. so goddamn lactose intolerant, buttermilk would be like the greatest thing. Oh god! I just, I, I just, I just, I want to like sleep in it. Yeah. You know, like those ladies <laughs> on like Jerry Springer that have those weird fetishes that like like bathing in kiddie pools full of like creamed corn. That would be like <laughs> me with buttermilk. <laughs> I believe you can get the same effect with buttermilk as you do water and Epsom salts in those sensory deprivation chambers. <laughs> buttermilk Ranch, Hidden Valley's branded sensory deprivation chamber. Sign me the fuck up, dude. Sign me oh, up. Oh, God. And then all of a sudden, just like you uh, walk in there with a giant bag of carrot sticks, he's like, "I'm good. Just come back in like two days. I'll be I, fine." I feel like that's, <laughs> that's like, good, I feel like good. that's what like you know like the float chains of the the sensory depth. That's what you find like Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to go all the way to well, Iowa like, to get one. I feel like that's that's <laughs> no offense. Iowa. I, this is gonna sound weird for a second. I feel like that's very on brand for Roxy because I know like all of our friend get-togethers, Roxy without fail. Always will bring a veggie platter. Yeah. Like you, without Dude. fail, I know Roxy will bring a veggie platter. Like that's Mama Jabari working through her. Other other people could yeah. be bringing like things where they trying to get fancy, things that are not always the greatest. But Roxy always comes through with the veggie platter she and like the good the big one Ew. too. Mama Noberry comes through with the snacks. She wants you to have your servings of your vegetables. You know, you want to stay healthy with and- a healthy side of ranch with a healthy side <laughs> of fancy mayonnaise let's call it what it is oh my gosh you know i miss mama berry i wish she could come and give us a visit and say hello to us boss hello <gasps> she's here oh shit <laughs> Yes, I've eaten. Oh, Sean, honey, have you been gaining weight? A lot. <laughs> you told me to keep Why eating. Why you do that? It's not healthy. Watch your cholesterol. Your blood pressure is no good. No good. I go to the idiocracy doctor, and when they take my cholesterol, it just shows a sad face emoji. Oh, but you make me very, very sad. Make me happy. I want to be happy, Junam. I'm old. <laughs> you want to send me to early grave? Eh. <laughs> oh my Why god. Why you do this to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mama No Berry. Oh. I'll do better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, congratulations, everybody. Happy to be here. Happy congratulations on what? Being in your presence? Oh no! Because I feel like we should be congratulated. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. I'm gonna let Momo Nobari go sulk in the corner and think about how fat Sean is getting. Oh, she did this to me. <laughs> it she definitely wasn't McDonald's app that lets you like park and they bring it to you. <laughs> Ew. Oh my oh. And their all-day breakfast temptation. <laughs> Mixed with a side of Persian guilt. Oh god, it's a good one. Can you get kupate with like a quarter pounder with cheese? I could I mail order you some uh, horish. A double quarter kupate with cheese. Kupate, what are you, that's like, that sounds Greek. Yeah. 
Kubide. Kubide, sorry. You want Kubide. Kubide sounds like something Adam Sandler said in the 90s. <laughs> you guys want to know something <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny about Farsi? So you know that there's a, uh, there's a um, I believe she's running for some political office. Her name is Eleni Kudalakis. Yeah, she's oh, yeah, running she's, for um, so, lieutenant governor. Yeah. yeah. For any Iranian in the state of California, every time they hear that name, I'm pretty sure they chuckle a little bit because the part of her name, Kun, Kudalakis, Kun in Farsi translates to ass nice oh, wow. i mean she's got a very greek name i'm cruising I for mean, some coon tonight boys for the coon. <laughs> so every time i think of it i'm like elena ass a lot <laughs> i'm voting for that oh my ass. god yes so. you have to really pay attention to the ethnicity of the person oh. that when you look at their butt you say man that's some hot coon <laughs> no, oh no or else it could be construed no. very differently no exactly. yeah yeah that's Jesus. not good that's why no. you're in trouble if you're Persian in the South. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. A Persian in the South. <laughs> the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Leonardo DiCaprio in brown face. Oh, oh no. Jesus. No. If anybody could get away with it, it's Leo. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, we I had can't. to go there. We had to go there. I'm sorry. We just had to. <laughs> well, speaking of kind of brown but not really. Can we talk about Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes, we Fuck you can. guys, I'm not seeing it till tomorrow. Okay. Okay. I haven't so, seen it yet, but that's okay. I'm curious why you say No spoilers! Face. I'm pretty sure Freddie well, Mercury's still alive, technically, right? Technically, <laughs> technically, okay, Freddie Mercury was born in Tanzania. His family... He's Zanzibar. Technically from, well, modern-day Tanzania. Um, his family is from India. Um, Rami Malek is Egyptian. Yes. So mm -hmm. you have an Egyptian playing a Indian or Parsi. Well, so I don't yeah. necessarily think it's brown face as much of it's like really, really like close as, as far as close as they could get to a like mainstream, popular, high profile actor to play Freddy. You well, know what I mean? my question and not my make it completely white face. Or my question is, what's um, what would have been more accurate? Because for a while there was another Freddie Mercury biopic that was supposed to be in the yep. works that was going to have Sasha Baron Cohen Sasha Baron attached Cohen. as Freddie Mercury. Actually, I think so this is the same movie. It just it, it just was same it. Movie. It was the same Cohen. movie. Yeah, just he got okay. He had created. He, he had a different right? vision. Okay, yeah. so so ultimately, like, what would have been like? I guess if you were to say like which actor would have been more accurate, I guess would Rami Malek or Sasha Baron Cohen have been more accurate? I, think... I go by jawline, Remy Malik. <laughs> That's key. true. Jawline Once... is key. That's fair. Once they put that mustache on Rami Malik, I was like, what? Yeah, and the yeah. fake teeth. It did. Okay, yeah. And I'm fairly certain they got the guy. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm fairly certain they got the guy who is in that Queen cover band online who sounds just like Mercury to do some oh. of the acoustic sounds. because no there's kidding. Because, I mean, they very clearly had access to all the master tracks from Queen and they were able to remix things in a way where it sounded like Rami Malek was singing. But there was a couple of moments where he was singing uh, acapella and just like doing stuff that unless they had like intense, insane audio recordings of him, of Mercury just like riffing, I'm pretty sure they got that guy to come in and do some lip sync work uh, for them. I haven't and confirmed And he's probably that. not the only guy. I mean, we know... Our buddy Jake does voice matching. They have just databases that go based on algorithms of wavelengths for voice actors that just match people's voices. Yeah, but if they we're can talking, sing, you can do it. Yeah, but we're talking vocally, and he's a really hard voice to imitate. And they even said why, because it turns out the reason why his teeth looked that way is because he had four extra incisors. Yeah. 
So, oh, shit. So he had more vocal space in his mouth, which is why he was able to have the range he had. Because yeah. he had more... I love how they address that in the Although, film. Although, it must have really fucked up his blowjob game. <laughs> so I found... I mean, I... think about that. The kind of prowess it takes to get around the extra incisors. That's true. Well, That's true. I, I know that there are recordings out there that, like, if you, actually, if you look for them, you can find them. A couple years ago, they found a whole bunch of, like recording studio tracks of Freddie Mercury like singing acapella specifically to certain parts of Bohemian Rhapsody so what they could have done was they may they could have like digitally remastered those on top of Mm. maybe getting somebody else to and we all know through the magic of film like we can make it look like someone is singing when they're not or things like that I saw Princess Leia in Rogue One motherfucker Mm. right (laughs) For I real. Mean, it, but to, I think, go ahead. Yeah, just to answer your original question about like who could have played it, honestly, maybe mm-hmm. an Indian actor. I mean, that's, that's fair. It's, it's po- <laughs> I mean, it's possible. And I'm not saying like, that that wouldn't not? have been. I'm not saying that wouldn't have been. If they're going to dub over his voice great. anyway. Yeah. Why not do a, you know. Yeah. I also think there's and, a point where this, like, the appropriation argument needs to, we need to draw a line. Well, like, there yeah. needs well, to be a point where, Remy Malik's fine, okay? Percy, like, Percy. It's different than Scarlett Johansson in, in Ghost in a Shell. <laughs> yeah. Or Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin, which was appropriation, but we don't talk about it. Well, and, I think, and I think Percy isn't specifically Indian per se, really. Like, Percy is a very specific mm-hmm. ethnic group in itself. And there aren't that many, yeah, there aren't that many famous people and, and actors on mm-hmm. this. But Bollywood is a huge That's industry. True. That's you could have totally, totally yeah. gotten a Bollywood actor because totally his, fam- his family yeah. like was from India. It, yeah. Freddie grew up in India. But no, I, but I do think there is a difference between like a white actor coming in and playing this role versus an Egyptian actor who is at least from geographically closer. Geographically yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm just kind of like yeah. you know what? I'm glad they chose him because he. Knocked it out of the park. No, yeah, he was, he was great. Incredible. He he's gonna get nominated for best actor because he disappeared into that role completely. He was the saving grace of that yeah. film. And I think, I mean, I, I totally get your your point. And but at the same time, it's still representation because yeah. you're giving a part to a, a, an actor of color who is, by the way, knocking out of the park. I've never seen Mr. Roboto, but I've known that he's Mr. earned his... Oh, it's his dope. Mr. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot. I like my title better. I like my title better. I've never seen Mr. Robot. But oh, I know he's, so good. he's won a, an Emmy for that, right? Thank you. <laughs> it's so great, Brian. You have to I was watch. Coming soon. The I... biopic about sticks. Here we go, guys. Oh, Mr. Roboto. I was also personally a fan of him in the Night at the Museum movies as well, like as the Pharaoh. Yeah. Like yes. I thought he was great, and that like the fact that role. you, yeah, like like also the fact that like they brought in an Egyptian actor to play an Egyptian pharaoh in Night at the Museum, I thought was pretty cool. So yeah, very important, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, f- I read an article about why Sasha's movie didn't come through, and it was creative differences. Yeah, it was yeah. great. That they, mm-hmm. And the thing is that Queen has creative control over how their story is portrayed. Mm-hmm. Right. So finding a script that everybody, all the remaining band members, could agree on mm. uh, was good. And this movie is. I mean, it does obviously focus very heavily on Mercury's life because he had a more, I don't want to say the other guys weren't interesting, but he had a more interesting story to tell. But there's very, story. Very much so, yeah. Um, but the other guys who are the band members are also wonderful performers. And again, they disappear yeah. into their parts. I didn't think that they, you know, 
like for half a second there's a suspension of disbelief but wait did they just get the guys I know from Queen and give <laughs> them like make really good makeup and acting lessons and just yeah. have them do the parts and of course they didn't because a couple of the guys you would recognize from other British television shows what killed me though <laughs> is that the kid from Jurassic Park played the bassist <laughs> that's the kid from Jurassic Park that's the kid from Jurassic what? Park mind blown yeah, I know. what <laughs> I'm going I'm so glad that's why he looks so familiar I'm like <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Oh. I will say the actor who played Brian May was probably my favorite um, of the band members outside of Freddy. I thought he was so gracious with the character. Sure. And the fact that Brian May gave his blessing for this film so heavily. And he was the one who was, he had the most, uh, at, he was the most at odds with Freddie Mercury, wasn't he? I know. Yeah, I mean, so. Basically the two of them. Yeah. And also, I love that um, Mr. Mike Myers makes a beautiful cameo. <laughs> oh my God, I heard he's actually a horse shit. I heard that it's just like, all you can hear is either Shrek or Fat Bastard. No, no, no. And that's it. <laughs> no, 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 no. His Manchester accent, which is where the character's from, uh, is on point. And yeah. you don't recognize it's him until they do a close-up. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he has like they give him a beautiful line of irony, yes. which is that no one's ever going to rock out to Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, my uh, theater, everybody erupted in laughter and applause. I mean, that's enough. That. For me, yeah, yeah. to yeah. see the movie, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, the best. It's one of the greatest giveaway moments in the entire film. It's beautiful. I and will he's good. say the climax of the film at the end. I'm not going to give too much away, but it's pretty live much, aid. Yeah, everyone's talking about it. It's basically almost a shot for shot, like uh, it's it's literally they do. I mean, spoilers. Three, two, one. They do do the entire live aid set. Yeah. On film. Oh wow! They do the entire. What? That's really cool. The so, fuck? Yeah, yeah, they do. Their they whole do the, live aid sets like the last. 30, 40 minutes, minutes of the movie. Of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Of the movie yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The wow. entire thing. I mean, you talk, You want to talk about the climax. Everything comes to fruition at that end because everything that he worked his life toward and that he, you know, you, you come to learn. This is actually kind of the controversial part, too, because there's a lot of um, issues with how his AIDS diagnosis was um, disclosed. There's a lot of mixed reports about the timing of all of that. Because Live Aid was in 1985, but his close friends are saying he wasn't diagnosed until 1987. So the way hmm. that it was handled in the movie, I think, was just as a plot device, yeah. as opposed to well, actual they, factuality. They always do that. Yeah. They do that. Time. Look at Straight Outta Compton. They did the same thing about, with Easy e Yeah. We did a whole episode about based on a true story yeah. and what that actually means. Yes, that was right. a great yeah. episode. Just yeah. the way that they and handled it in the movie, though, this, that's a big yeah. point of contention for a lot of people. I'm glad you brought that up, because when we were there, we saw a preview for Rocket Man, which oh, is yeah. very different. It's going to be yeah. the biopic on Elton John. Taron Egerton is playing it, and he's also doing the singing for the movie as well. Because nice. yep. he brought it up, knocked it out of the park with the movie oh, Sing. But they're actually, they're calling this movie, they're building this based on a true fantasy. So they're, they're deliberately Ooh. acting <laughs> in surrealism. It's like across the with universe. With the story, exactly. But that's appropriate for Elton John. Oh, totally. Yeah. Do they touch in the movie, I'm because I don't see it till tomorrow, like I mm. said, do they touch at all on their soundtrack work on Flash Gordon? No. I wish. Oh, I wish. Because I, I would have loved to see uh. how that shit went down. They're like, your, your, your album is more popular than the entire movie, so, which is shit. So the score <laughs> for the movie is, is their music. It's There's, basically a movie musical. Like you are yeah. singing along to the entire movie. In fact, they could put this on stage because literally yeah. some of their heated moments, like they it they weave in how the the birth of these songs comes to life. Oh yes, they is do. so perfect. And I actually, honestly, I know this is gonna sound so like my theater friends are gonna be like, "Oh fuck you, you <laughs> pedestrian." Shithead. Are you going to pitch Flash Gordon as a Broadway show? No, I'm going to pitch Bohemian oh. Rhapsody as a, as a Broadway musical because this could totally oh. do that. You know. To replace that piece of steaming pile of dog shit called We Will Rock You. No, they'll yeah, do it like so, Seussicle. It'll be Queensicle. Well, and then it'll be a Popsicle <laughs> with Freddie Mercury's, Mercury's mustache on it on the poster. I would agree with you, except I am just 
getting, with exception, with one exception, I will discuss that in a moment here. I am really sick of musicals and, and Broadway musicals mostly just seeming like they're just converting movies into music. Agreed. Like, I and I need them to like yeah. knock they it off a, a little bit. They made a fucking Honeymoon in Vegas musical for fuck's sake. With the one exception. Waitress? No. Mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge Ooh. is currently being um, shown in Boston and Ooh. it's going to be coming to Broadway soon. Yeah, they're doing an out of town tryout. Well, if it's a musical that you put on Broadway, that's different. But like, but Moulin Rouge is begging for it. Yeah, why and has it already happened? I, I don't know, but oh I'm God. I'm actually going to make a trip out to New York to go visit Billy and Vicky when it goes to Broadway so Do I can it. see it. Billy and I will go see it. Reed and Vicky can hang out and watch Star Wars. Yeah. I can see the thought bubble. I can see the thought bubble above Sarah's head with Ewan McGregor begging for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I can't agree with you, Sarah. Did you hear that Ewan McGregor is going to be in the Birds of Prey movie? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Black Mask. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Also, Wait. apparently, they're going to cast an African American actress as Black Canary. Oh, which hell yeah! Some people little like, too Good. on the nose. Exactly, a little on the nose. Because wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Birds of Prey. Remind me one more time. Birds of Prey is a comic book in which the female Gotham heroes <gasps> essentially join forces. So it's a combination of uh, Barbara Gordon as Oracle, so post accident mm-hmm. with the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Huntress. Mm. Uh, in this, when it was formed, it's the not the Huntress that's Batman and Catwoman's daughter in an alternate Earth. It's another woman, um, and then Black Canary. Uh, they team up. Yeah, and but they then are for but but for DCU and money reasons, Harley Quinn's in this one too. Yeah, Margot Robbie's man, man. gonna return to be Harley Quinn, which is fine. That's fine. I'm I'm sure they're gonna have to get Batman to make an appearance at some point. Which Batman that is, hmm. we do not know. Wasn't um, there wasn't there a series that was also the DC female villains that was it was Gotham it Gotham City, City Sirens? Sirens? Yeah. yeah, that yeah, was all yeah. the the villains, that's, yeah, that's, the female uh, villains. And yeah, think, it was Harley Quinn and it was uh, Poison, Poison Ivy, Ivy. Poison Catwoman. Ivy, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, that movie was apparently in development. I don't know. Think it still is. Um, mm-hmm. Have you guys been watching Adam Ruins Everything on Netflix? Yes. So I, kind of I actually watched it when that it was on True TV. Like yeah. public domain though. Yeah, no. Brian uh, watches TV like he's 80. <laughs> <laughs> no, he watches the commercials. Um, Public broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, NPR. No, Adam Ruins Everything is awesome, and uh, I highly recommend. You remember that episode, though, about how he talks about how tons of materials are trapped in, like, uh, uh, sort of what's it? What's it? Not copyrighted, but um, when intellectual yeah, property. In, yeah, an IP like hell essentially. Yeah, or yeah. Purgatory. No, they have. Yeah, and like uh, Mickey Mouse, for example. And yeah, all and, it's, the and it's been that, that way because of Disney. Disney yeah. basically. Exactly. Well, it's yeah, been that way because of Disney. Market, yeah. I mean, other companies have bought into it, but Disney did help spearhead that. Hence and I the think... lack of original material or original like interpretations of some pretty yeah. damn good stories. Which that to are me, stuck. I mean, I think at this point. Mickey Mouse is 90 years old. He's an American icon. Like, you could let all the IPs go. You could even let Batman and Superman be public public domain at this point. Because there's always going to be the authorized original yeah. content that people yeah. will be happy to pay for. As well as now opening up the content for other people to do their own thing with it. And as long as you say, this is the authorized content. This is the original. This is the, not the authorized versus unauthorized. Because that sounds like legal or illegal. Yeah. But like some no, other way like, of branding it where it's like the original exactly. house that created it. There's the original house stuff, but you should be able to allow people that do pop art and the people that do fan films and stuff have a Creative Commons sort of, you know, license for that stuff. I'll give you a good example of that really quick. I know, Sarah, you want to say something, too. Um, There was an Oz book that was a novel that was published, I think, about mm, within the last 10 years. I can't remember which year it was, but it was... The HBO Prison, right? 
Uh, and it was, it was, there was a seal on it that said it was approved by the Bahama state. So like we know oh, wow. this, know that this, their family approves of this as being in the canon. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Canonical, canonical versus non-canonical. Yeah. So like that <laughs> yeah, is part of the, of the, the, this one is okay to be part of the Oz canon, whereas the other one. You should know that terminology, Catholic boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not canonical. It's not canonical. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was a Bob's Burgers joke where Tina goes to BronyCon or whatever. Oh, yes, yeah. that's right. And she just goes around that's screaming, to look it's at butts. <laughs> well, yeah, I, that is my favorite episode of Bob's Burgers because they released it at like the height of like the My Little Pony resurgence yes. and like Tina goes and then it's all like middle-aged men there and she's just like, what the hell? And so like, <laughs> and then she like, they try to get Bob in there for a different thing and just like her freaking out because he read her fan fiction instead of an actual <laughs> thing and just like, no, it's not canonical. It's not canonical. It's not canonical. <laughs> That's funny. But back to uh, Sarah's original point, Sarah, I know you, yes. you also had something you wanted to add. I th- I think that's what I'm, I'm thinking about with all of this, that Broadway musicals could do so much more if there was just more content released from IP purgatory. Well, I think the no, thing I is... No, I think they actually just need some more, like, they don't have to rehash old properties. They don't have to get the stuff that's in Cotton IP Hell, which is, mind you, decades, if not centuries old. Just come up with something new. Yeah, and, and there is <laughs> no Sarah. Fuck that. There's certain things that need to be made into musicals. Yeah, why there true. is no two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar musical is beyond me. That oh. I would watch. I would fly to New yeah. York to see that shit. That sounds amazing. Opening day. That right? would be amazing. So here's the thing. I think that there's always going to be adaptations. There's been adaptations for musicals from the very, very beginning. Of course. But right now, the problem is that you're right. The industry. The theater industry has kind of fallen into this rut of the tried and true formula of, well, we know that these are films that can go because tourism. And the thing is that, I mean, theater's going through this whole weird, uh, I don't want to say crisis, but they're going through a very weird growing pain right now because it's why, on do infinite stages. Go, why do people want to go see a live performance when they can get that on their couch? And a lot of people mm. are now growing up never even being exposed to live theater or having an aversion to it because it's so different. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is why the arts are even more important than ever. Arts education and drama education being put in schools. That's why Hamilton is the most important thing ever because it's gotten a lot of people interested in musical theater that right. never would have been. Because it's mm-hmm. using contemporary music and yeah. sounds to get people interested 100%. And it's, yes, it's an adaptation of history, but at least it's an original story to be told on stage. And Welcome it's also right. a fairly mm-hmm. accurate uh, thing too. So yeah, it's, it's edu- no, It has its accurate moments and it's inaccurate moments. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so but mm-hmm. exactly. So it's educational, number one. For the kids who want to get interested. Others wrapped. You will not be able to convince me differently. <laughs> so if, if, if Hamilton was around when I was taking AP US history, I would have been I would have done a lot better on that test. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you. Exactly. And I think and so the thing is is that theater's trying to find a way to still work. And it's never gonna go extinct. People have always been there's always a doom and gloom people who have been saying it's it's a dead art form. It's not. No. Because every actor, film actor or not, who does that takes their steps on stage at some point and that's how they get their feet wet Mm -hmm. it's very very rare that people don't go to pursue professional acting without having had some experience with performing yes there's people who do do that and then they say okay great take an acting class do a play like that's the first thing they tell anybody who has wanted to act but never has before Mm -hmm. you need to understand that because you also the energy you get from an audience is there and also there's things that people don't even call theater that are theater stand-up comedy is theater yeah, uh, one man shows are absolutely theater. and not only not only the, the 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 energy that you get from an audience, but also being able to 
have a wonderful performance with no energy from the audience. We've all had those different plays where like opening night was amazing. And then the very last show, it's a Sunday matinee, not a lot of noise from the audience. You still have to be able to crush it without that from the audience. It's oh, a, yeah. that's a whole mix. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. I miss about the theater days. Sarah, what was your, your point earlier? Oh God, it doesn't matter. Do now. with IP. No? Yeah. Yes, I- it does. Sarah, tell us your feelings, your dreams. Well, that's a different conversation. <laughs> this is just me saying... Uh, like, I know, you and McGregor. <laughs> this was just me saying a pro tip that if you're ever looking for, um, like, if you're going to buy Beatles merchandise and it has something that has, like, the cover of Abbey Road on it, you can tell if it's an actual licensed property or not if there's a cigarette in Paul McCartney's hand. <gasps> oh. I am going to really? look for that everywhere yeah, now. If there's no cigarette in his hand, it's not an official licensed property. Are you Wait, so me? wait. How did what's the story behind that? How did that go no, down? We erased no the cigarettes, so it's Creative Commons mm. now. Yeah, I have no idea, but that's basically how you can tell if they had the official officially licensed cover photo or not. Ain't that some shit? Hmm. Very, very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys know my, that my dad used to live near Abbey Road when he lived in London? No. no. Oh, Amazing. Cool. Tell us know, everything. Right? Well he went to university there in, in, in London and he lived nearby. How is it that's everything? just finding this out? Mm, because it's apropos for today's conversation. <laughs> she was seeing ah, it just well, one moment on episode 200. She's been in? sitting on that gem just for like, years. So she was like, you guys were texting us. Like, okay, so Sarah, so we should we should steer the conversation toward IP. Then you can bring up that whole thing with Paul McCartney and the cigarette. Well, and then I can bring in my thing about my dad. He's on to us. I mean, what's uh, big uh, tone? Story topper. Uh, our, our mom fucked Peter, Paul, and Mary all at the same time. Time. <laughs> oh, I've done that too. It was a wild time. In an order that would surprise you. Oh my God. <laughs> you're alive. Us. Oh, you're alive. Just barely, honey. I just got oh, my iron lung just to talk about Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> I'm just curious. Are you are you now on dialysis too? Or did or have that? Because I know that that's, a, that's a big thing in California right now. You might not be able to get your dialysis the way you hoped for it in a couple First of days. First of all, Mary was the best out of all of them. <laughs> Second of all, they've replaced most of my major organs with either pig pots or clocks. Actual clocks. You have to wind me up every few hours. So, Are you a cyborg? Wait a second. So what? Because we just changed the time. Daylight savings time just ended. How does that work? I'm from the future. She's running on an hour-long lag. <laughs> I'm actually from the year 2530. I've been here. I traveled back 600 years. Well, don't mock Estelle to her face. <laughs> oh I'm sorry, God. Estelle. I'm, I'm mimicking you doing a poor impression. Estelle's actually a That's member right. of the Borg now. Sounding like Dr. Goldman. Resistance is... What's the what's the word? Resistance is hot. Fertile, not like yes. resistance. I is like fertile. it when you fight back. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, fertile. Um, guys, since you were talking about Peter, Paul, oh and Mary, and you were talking about the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, I'm actually wondering where's the Peter, Paul, and Mary biopic? Gonna, where's that movie? Called Puff the Magic Dragon. Puff, Puff the, the Magic Dragon. Can Rain exactly, Wilson play Sarah. Puff? Oh no! Uh, what's uh, the the Australian comedian from Pitch, Pitch Perfect? Oh, um, is it Rain? No, Rain Wilson's from The Office. Um, no, uh, no, Pitch Perfect. No, it is Rain Wilson. Re- Rebel Rain Wilson. Rain, Re- Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Wilson. Rain Rebel Wilson is the guy. Wilson. Rebel Wilson is the girl. Yeah, we're Thank like you, getting sir. all these names. Agreed. Up. Rebel Wilson would play a good Mary, huh? 
She would play a better Mama Cass. <gasps> Mama Cass, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Mama's in the pop. Fat appropriation. Fat girl appropriation. Sean, God damn shut it. The fuck up. <laughs> I'm just saying, Mary didn't really get large until she was like much, much older. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's why she can't play, but she could play Mama Cass. Yeah, yeah. Mama Cass. Or Melissa Ham McCarthy sandwich. in a biopic like in 20 years. When <laughs> Melissa McCarthy <laughs> dies of, of, of heart failure. Oh my God. God. I love I love Melissa McCarthy so much. Do not put that on Melissa McCarthy. I love her too, but she also loves sandwiches. Have so you guys, have, the time wait have you guys too. seen the, the movie that she's in now? I've been want, I haven't seen it yet, but What's I. It called, oh, is that the, ple- the like, please forgive me or won't you forgive me or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she like playing like I'll see who, like, anything with her in it. She's amazing. She plays she's a writer who writer. ends up plagiarizing. Or, or like writing as other writers and yeah. stuff like that, and like a oh. bunch of legal trouble. Interesting, Sounds awesome. Yeah. You know what I've been thinking about a lot lately? Oh, like, is, is this the one written. that's about the woman who like plagiarized or like f- wrote fake letters yeah. from famous writers? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that actually, I actually really want to see that because I read. I actually read the story about what that was right before the movie came out. And yeah, it like the whole thing is like it's a woman who she realized that like she was a good enough writer that she could feign the voices of other writers and so wow. she like pretended that maybe I think it was that someone in her family had like known some of these famous writers and had written like letters and correspondences to them. And then, you know, she was just like, oh, but like, look, I have all these letters from all of these famous writers. And isn't this so cool? But it sounds super cool. Yeah. On that on that note, did you guys see the story about how there was a library that found older books in their collection that actually had Bram Stoker's like handwritten notes yeah, as he was, was uh, writing Dracula. Yeah, he was researching cool. Dracula and yeah. they actually had they found his handwriting in the margins. That's Fun amazing. fact it looks Bram it's Stoker, so cool. He was the first person to shorten the name Abraham to Bram and everyone started naming their kids Bram after he did. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Didn't know I'm surprised that didn't know that. Stuck. I know, right? Another fun literary fact, my wife's name, Vanessa, was actually invented by Jonathan Swift, the guy who did uh, Hmm. Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's Travels. And it was taking literally the, like the middle name Van and then the the name Essa and just putting them together. And Essa is a variation of Esther. Uh, so hmm. and Wendy was invented by uh, J. M. Barry. Well, it was so, not. That's actually bullshit. It was, is it really? <laughs> well, so the thing the thing with with both of those is it's the first time they were ever written down in English. Okay. Wow. Wendy could be short for Gwendolyn. Sure. And it's very possible that it was used oh. as a nickname. No, they for found all sorts of evidence of Wendy being around. Oh. It's since that thing was a thing on the internet. Damn. That, oh, <laughs> Wendy. That was the first time they're like, no, we found letters and things that said Wendy Damn. long God, before it that. It was very popularized. Mm-hmm. It was not a popular name before then. I it was the first time it, it was blew up after that. that okay. So Melissa McCarthy's published, is, yes. is called Can You Ever Forgive Me? And it's about the author Lee Israel. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Which was the first time anybody said Israel. Oh. <laughs> the Jews um, claim to have said it first, um, but no. As the Catholic in the room, I'm going to have to fact check. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have been thinking a lot about uh, uh, Meryl Streep's daughters. Oh, like hmm. Mamie and what was the other one? And uh, Mamie and uh, fucking Gummer. Yeah, yeah but the, no, it's, yeah, it's Mamie Gummer and <laughs> the Gummer Girls. Yeah. yeah. What was in, which one was the one that was in um the June and the Flash movie? I don't. Know. I think it was. I think that was Mamie. Okay. Meryl, she's the I, honestly. She's the one that I recognize. 
the, looks like so it. Looks there's like Mamie Gummer. Looks like her and I see her all the time. Grace okay. Gummer and Louisa Gummer. Okay, yeah, interesting. Mamie's, Mamie's the more popular one that I see yeah. doing lots of. She's kind of like one of those that girl. She was in now. Ricky and the Flash. Yeah. Ricky and the Flash. Yeah, June and the Flash. Got, I'm messing up titles left and right. And today. she was in a show called Emily okay, Owens you're drunk. MD on the CW, like for like. A oh right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, I was just thinking about them the other day because I was thinking about the idea of like Hollywood legacies. I know we've talked a lot about that on the show and a lot of episodes of like, you know, Hollywood families and whatever. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that Meryl Streep has three like basically like physical clones of her. And I'm just thinking about how much talent is in her and how that gets dispersed into her daughters and how this like acting legacy is going to be perpetuated through them. And it got me really like overwhelmed. And I just wanted to share that. How long that chain hangs, Street family? (laughs) Inside joke. Inside joke. You know, I get, I don't know why, but sometimes, this kind of happens to me where I'll just like start like going down this rabbit hole of thinking about like famous Hollywood families. Sure. And like how a lot of the kids of famous actors are like our ages now and how they're all coming into age. Like Billy Lord, for example. Billy Lord. Oh, I I also think a lot. Go ahead. I love Billy Lord in yeah. American Horror Story right yeah, now. She's yeah. fantastic. And then like Zelda Williams, Robin Zelda Williams, Williams sure, of course. Like, all mm-hmm. of these actors, all the all of these second generation uh, performers are coming into their own now, and it's kind of amazing to well, see the I next generation. Was, I, I think a lot of it. It's interesting because some of it is probably a lot of them have have been, by virtue of who their family is, afforded the access. Yeah. To get the training to participate in theater more than you know maybe some yeah. other people are. They and they're given the exposure and the love yeah and mm-hmm. and some of the passion i mean meryl it. went to vassar college and her two older daughters were also alumnus well, of meryl vassar. also went to yale school of drama well for well. her yeah. for her Ooh, she went to yeah. vassar so um, i think her two younger I, 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 have a, Brian I have a counter argument to that and that's all very good and like warm and feely like warm feeling that's, warm that's and fuzzy and mr feely <laughs> um but uh What's Topanga doing right now? I think of Colin Hanks actually a lot, Um, and actually, he's tried to do he's tried to do his best to keep himself separate from. But he's done. Well, it's interesting. So he's formed his own character work. He's really building his own career. Though I did think it was funny in the Drunk History, he played Mr. Rogers in Drunk History, and his dad played Mr. Rogers. So funny, brilliant, perfect in it. But um, but the fact that Tom Hanks has a brother named Joe Hanks that most people don't know of. Yeah, and he like a drug addict. No, not at all. He's actually he does the voice matching for Tom Hanks. More often than not, yeah, he, like he, really? like every time you've heard of Woody in in Disneyland, it's probably Joe Hanks doing doing yeah, his brother's it, voice. Like it was Shit. like it's Joe and like pretty much all the video games that uh, around Toy hmm. Story and everything wow. like that. Wait, wait, wait! No, Reach that's for cool. the sky. So Colin does have a brother. So it, I don't, I don't know if it's Rita Wilson's son or if, if it's Tom and Rita's son together. But I think he's like an aspiring rapper. Oh, yeah. oh no! And I think yes. No, 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 it is Tom and and Rita's because I don't think they've. Is there three boys? I think, yeah. He's not the only child. He's not the only right. child, but Colin Hanks is not Rita Wilson's son. No. Oh, oh sorry, because nope. Tom Hanks had a brief first marriage. Tom had yeah. a first wife. Yeah. That's to right. Meg Ryan, because that's what I want to believe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Colin Hanks yeah. Uh, Colin Hanks uh, grew up in Sacramento, That's and that's where his mom lived. And he grew up in Sacramento and, oh. and, and basically had a fairly, not like not attached relationship with his dad but a fairly like he was living primarily with his mom his Got first it. role so, was Roswell mm-hmm. remember t- that TV show Roswell I do remember that TV, I, show. Yeah. TV show yeah oh. I uh, mean and he's that great happens you know who's actually really good in fucking Orange County yes that, but also <laughs> I saw um, Love I saw Orange the County. Jumanji great movie great Fargo too Oh yeah, I yeah. saw the Jumanji movie. Yes, at the, the, the end. Yeah, which is a sequel. Nice. Yeah, it is a sequel to the original movie, and they explain it 
very, very well. That's great. And he's great in it. He's in it for like two minutes. He's in actually really that he's only whole in it for one movie. Scene. That whole movie was way better than it had any business being. Exactly. I love exactly. that shit. Exactly. Um, what was? I need to you, see he it. He was also in a a short lived TV sh- series, which was also pretty good. What was that called? Colin Hanks. Fuck. Yeah. Right? Um. It's about um. It was about a family. It was kind of like. Is it still on? I don't think so. I think it was canceled after like a season. I think new? I watched it on Netflix or something like that. Because um, I know that he's on one right now. That's like. A and of course, he did the last season of Dexter too. I think. Yeah, which I didn't see. Uh, talking from friends, talking Tom and friends. No. Comedy. Uh, life in pieces. Yes, life in pieces. Life in pieces. On. There you go. Yes. Yeah, and that. Oh, is it? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because that's a that was a CBS. Oh, good. Yeah, it was a very good show. I I liked him in that. Yeah. I also a... I also would totally bang him too if he let me. Even though he's a Kings fan, I'd still let him. I'd still let James him. James Brolin is in that one. That's strong words. I Sarah. know. Strong I know. Words. It's it's like Colin Hanks and Will Wheaton are both Kings fans, and I don't know what to that make. That would about. be like me <laughs> fucking a Raider fan. <laughs> I imagine put. I imagine as soon as I broke the plane and the Raider fan, that I would just float away like at the end of fucking Infinity War. No. So th- I'm going to get really nerdy for a second. So Vanessa and I were watching The Great American Read. I'm sorry, wait, wait, let's back it up here. You just said you are going to get really nerdy here for a second. What the fuck have we been doing for 200 episodes? Well, imposter! I'm a fraud! I actually well, no. like very basic things. My, I choked on my cheese for a second there, Brian. I, Brian, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing up like The Great American Read and stuff too because really quick, I wanted to comment on like it's not just in Hollywood that you kind of see these dynasties happen happening like i've been reading a lot of stuff by joe hill who's stephen king's son oh yeah and so like that's you know it happens in the writing world and it happens in you know a lot of places too where like where you see the children of people who have come to a certain level of fame in their craft um kind of following in their parents path because they've seen that it is possible and they have that love and support and and the the path kind of laid and, out in front of them like and ver- Sarah you, you, mentioned I, and by that path do you mean a very long runway made of coattails that they can take off from yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's what I also consider so that's actually what I appreciate about Joe Hill though is that's why he published original well, he publishes under the name Joe Hill is that for years he wrote and that's why he he wanted to establish that you know his writing was good and it's own merit not that just he was you know his daddy's kid but and this is the age of the internet where you it, d- just having a pseudonym everybody knows you're stephen king's kid already that's yeah i don't there was some way that like he worked around it and it was a very like it was a fairly like public thing when he like he was like no like that's my dad kind of thing and he'd already had like a couple books published as well and i think now and like still, it, it, it heightened his popularity ever, a little basically. bit but mm-hmm. you know it's it's one of i mean it 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 took people a little a while to figure out that um what's the name the jk rowling wrote um like the cuckoo's calling under a pseudonym too robert and like name, yeah. Ro- yeah it was it was uh a robert galbraith um and then you know it it took a like that one i don't think that one was actually doing particularly well and then i think to boost the sales of it she was like hey i'm robert galbraith um so i mean i think i think in to a certain extent i think it is possible to maintain a a level of secrecy in publishing yeah there is and also it's not like there's 
the only one person, one family of people whose last name is King. Yeah. Right. Right. And the same thing with Max Brooks. No one knows that Max Brooks is Mel Brooks's son, unless right. you like, unless you do a little bit mm-hmm. of digging. You know. For all these years, I thought and Albert by Brooks digging, was you mean a simple Google search that I could ask Siri at, or Alexa to do? Some people will look at just the bio that's on the back of a book, and if he doesn't mention his mm-hmm. dad, then he's gonna be like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. It's possible. Well, and that's that's it. Like Nate, last names like King and Brooks and things seem common enough that like I'm not immediately gonna go out of my way to Google them and think like there's a possibility this person could be related to Mel Brooks. Like mm. I, you know, it's. I'm also like, yeah, we live in the age of the internet, but we also live in the age of like laziness too. Like, I'm not gonna heavily research every yeah, but, author of every book that I read. But for nerdy shit, they don't have to go look for it. It popped up in their newsfeed already. That's they fair. They saw some meme that says, "Did you know Max Brooks is about?" And it, because they're following some account that just dispels, or sorry, dispels, it just disseminates like nerdy information all the time. That's fair. It, we just know shit. Like, there's shit That's I don't fair. need or want to know that I know. And it's great when I bring it up at a bar. <laughs> That's fair. I actually... But, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no go, oh, no. No. Go ahead. You're you're good. I, have a, I think I've reached the end of my point. I have a question <laughs> that I really want to end the first part of this on, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Which was, since this is episode 200, I would love to know Woo! how you feel you've changed since you started on this podcast. Because... Mm-hmm. In all realism, the only person who's been in this room from the very, very, very beginning is me. But mm-hmm. Sarah joined on very, very early. I joined in like episode two. Yeah. <laughs> two or three. <laughs> three. 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 Okay. Episode three. All right. Yeah, let's go. Um, it's fine. So Sarah, Just take Sarah's, this away from me. Exactly. <laughs> Sarah's joined episode three and was there for a long time. But Brian's the only one who has been there since day one. Sweating with David McGuire over moons over Miami at a Denny's coming up with the idea for this podcast. Please tell me you guys recorded your first episode in a Denny's. No, we didn't. We recorded at Dave's apartment. Damn it. Um, Hey, real quick, though. You know what I was thinking about? Totally randomly. I was thinking about you, me, and Nap and Guillermo sitting in a Denny's talking about the movie pitch for Kill Dad and Connie. Yes, which oh. don't say, say that, that movie's not dead. That, oh. I know that. Kill Dad and dead. Connie. I remember hearing about this. But there's a, there's a character. It's a deep cut, guys. In the, f- I mean, I haven't watched that much of it. I watched like the first seven episodes on a plane ride. But of trial and error, there's a character in that that is just like Connie, as we had determined her. Damn. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, okay. go on. You guys, so this we is were some deep we cut information about our friends group right now. Like y'all are getting the sneak peek into some serious. That, that was, yeah. and that was like Old over system. a decade ago. Yeah. 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 I haven't heard Guillermo's name since. Oh wait, no, I heard it pretty recently when I like invited him to Brian's bachelor party. He's like, I don't talk to Guillermo anymore. Oh. Take him off the list. <laughs> Not a lot of people do though. We miss you, Guillermo. He I disappeared. Mean, he disappeared voluntarily. Yeah, he yeah. kind of distanced himself. It, I, have, I bear him no ill will. I don't have any. Yeah. A lot of our friends have. I mean, life happens, right? We, we yeah. change. It's but been we are still together. Years. We're still here, yeah. and he wants to know how we changed. Yeah, yeah. I want to know how you guys have changed, or how this podcast has changed you. Mm. How has this podcast, that's a better question, how has this podcast changed you since you started working on the show? The precogs have gone up like two cup sizes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Which, I mean, you're still a growing And woman. then Skype maturing, and adds so. 10 pounds. Damn and then it. Skype adds 10 pounds. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I think it's uh, definitely... Um, 
it's made me a lot more passionate about film and entertainment in, in a way that I never expected, but I definitely appreciate um, because it's such a thing that I, I, I love to identify with, you know, being a movie nerd, right? I, it's made me a lot more uh, uh, just proud of that part of me that is so, that, that's something that I never really thought was going to be like a strength or necessarily a, a character um uh strength in me um and now these days i'm proud to say that i'm on a podcast i'm proud to say that i know things like this it's definitely upped my dating game like shit i can go toe to toe with some really fucking smart guys and it feels great to be a woman in like entertainment in that way and to like know my shit you know um i really love that part about me so i mean yeah being able to to have a great date with a guy and talk about movies is, is a perk um, but it's definitely not something that I ever expected to be like a, a, a character quality in me, if that makes sense. I guess it's just, it's made me feel more confident. Mm-hmm. So it's That's definitely awesome. changed me for the better. I would echo that sentiment too. I, it definitely made me a lot more confident. Um, I was already a talker before then, but <laughs> now I speak. You with- don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, uh, but I speak with a little bit more confidence now and um, it actually has helped me think a lot more about what I say. Yeah. In a public context, in a public forum. Like critical thinking about the industry. Yes. But also just things that I talk about, about, you know, I, you know, there's times when I'm driving to work and I'm like, oh God, I said that thing on the podcast and it's on the internet forever and I can't run for office. <laughs> um, so I think about that a lot now. Well, I think yeah, just, there's that. if our current administration is anything, the things you say on the internet don't mean dick, unfortunately. They do if you're a woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to be optimistic. Yeah, but, no, okay. I, I appreciate that. Um, But no, I, yeah, I think, um, I think confidence is a big thing. It, it actually has helped me use my voice in other contexts a lot more and know that I have things that are valuable to say. Yeah. Which... That's not something that, you know, not to make this a big feminist issue, but that's not something a lot of women are taught. We don't have a lot of platforms like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool to have had this, even though I'm not a regular host anymore, to have had that my time on the show to kind of help boost me in that way. And, uh, you know, hell, opportunities arrived. Like, um, like I was uh, emceeing with a very popular radio host for an event at work, like for a festival at work, I was emceeing the whole nice. day with a very nice. popular professional radio host, and I held my own with her, and That's it was awesome. Fuck yeah, you awesome, did. Awesome, Sarah. So, you know. Because yeah. podcasts are the future, and little radio girl ain't going to have a job in 10 mm. years. <laughs> uh, Gina, I'd love to hear what you say. Um, I kind of echo the sentiments of Roxy and Sarah that this is like a huge confidence boost for me as well. Um like, yes, keep poking my ego. Um, but no, I, I think the, you know, because if you if you listen to the first couple episodes that I was on, like, you know, a handful of years ago when I was Dang, there for geez. for Harry Potter and for Lord of the Rings, um, I have a very different speaking style between then and now. Um, then I was very, like, fact-based. I wanted to kind of play the, like, look what a big brain I have game. Um, but now that I am kind of on regularly, I 
feel like I can confidently say like, no, I don't know this thing. Please tell me. Please inform me. Um, I don't necessarily feel the need to play like, look how smart I am anymore. Um, Because I, you know, several years ago, I was in a very different place in my life. And I was struggling with a lot of self-confidence issues. And the fact that um, all of you and, and Roxy and Sarah especially kind of felt that I would be worthy to come and and regularly host on the show absolutely means the world to me. Um, And I thank you for that. Yay! (laughs) All right, this one's going to get a little deep. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. When I first started with Nerdonomy, I just started as as the editor. I was the guy that was editing because Brian realized what an undertaking it would be, both the Nerds on Film and Nerds on History podcasts. And in 2012, around the time that Brian uh, started this with Dave and then eventually Sarah and uh, was asking me about this, I was in a point in my life where I was not making very healthy decisions, was constantly going out to the bars because I'd get bored and just go out and drink too many beers and hang out with people. And eventually getting on this podcast not only helped me make healthier decisions because I was glued to the fucking computer so many hours a week editing these things together, uh, doing something healthy and creative that I was really stoked about, but it also allowed me to make loud, hilarious, and sometimes inappropriate declarative statements just like I did at the bar. (laughs) So that was awesome. But I think the biggest thing that that changed from before this podcast started and, and then when uh, this to to where we are now is that I had I want to say what was it five years it was five years before the podcast started I had moved to Colorado uh, three states away from my only brother and this podcast has helped me maintain a much better and, and more frequent communication with my brother who I love dearly and it's that we're both so busy that having this scheduled. Well, we haven't been able to schedule it lately because we all too motherfucking busy. Yeah. But when we have it scheduled, <laughs> when we did it weekly and stuff, I got time with my brother that I wouldn't have had without Nerdonomy. And Sean, would you That's argue so that a lot of the, um, how do I put this, adversary, adversary, or adversarial? Adversarial. Just adversarial moments we've had as a podcasting family have helped you yeah, get the, a stronger relationship with Most your of which have been off air. Yeah. yeah. It's been, yeah, oh my God, if we could just release the text messages from the first three years. <laughs> Let's not. Because so I got so precious about little, can you guys not breathe ever on the podcast? Or could you like not say um so much? And now I realize how fucking stupid I was back well, then. But I oh, mean, and you know what? And besides all that mushy stuff, Brian, I know you're crying. Yeah. Besides all that mushy stuff, misty. it also, it really helped me uh, creatively. Like, yeah. I was bartending and managing a restaurant, which is all I kind of knew. This, I felt like, helped, and helping out with certain parts of the social media and stuff led me to where I am now, where I own a digital marketing agency, and I exercise my creative muscles every day, creating graphics, creating radio ads for the local sheriff's campaign. Wow. I'm not sure if you wanted to play those eventually, Brian, but I felt like it also boosted my creative confidence, very much like like Sarah. Um, and, and Sarah... I, you're, I was so moved by what you said because your voice is so strong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the, it, it, it was absolutely necessary. And so are yours, Gina and Roxy. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. feel like, if anything, I'm hoping that this podcast is a shining light for, for the female voice in nerd culture because 
I maybe I don't search the right keywords or stuff, but I don't hear as many female voices as I do on this podcast and as I do in any other kind of weekly or even bi-weekly or monthly nerd content. Thank you for saying that, Sean. If I you, really love how we've represented mm-hmm. women in our, show, in our show throughout the years. I'm just going to give a, a plug that if you guys want easy, accessible female voices mm-hmm. on a daily basis... Stay away from those 900 numbers. Go to Nerdonomy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. that gets expensive. Um, but, uh, fall, like, start... Um, like subscribe whatever your RSS feed you use for reading articles or you know at least follow them on Facebook the Mary Sue mm. is oh I love the Mary Sue it's yeah. such a great just it's basically the female opinion on nerd culture and there's some stuff that's like yeah. very social justice worry there's some stuff that's very you know but hell that's part of what the female voice is, is because we're trying to fight to be mm-hmm. heard right yeah. in, yeah. in nerd yeah. culture so seriously Anyway, so I just plug for that, but I don't want to take away from Brian's moment right now where he can tell us about how he's changed. But yes, Mr. Nerdonomy founder man. And then the next episode, we can talk about all the drama behind the scenes that nobody's yes! heard about. Yes! <laughs> be unleashed! Behind the podcast. Um, well, how many times has behind... uh, everybody individually quit? Yeah. <laughs> we'll do our VH1 behind I think the mic. Sean, I never quit. I only threaten to quit every other hour of every other day. Um, well, so here's what I want to open up with. Because before I want to talk about how I've changed, which is... A very much a 180 from where we were, where we started and off. bounds. I actually right? would like, I would like to share how you have changed, how I've observed, how you guys have changed. If oh, that's okay. Wow. All right. So Sarah, because you were on from episode three. Oh God, shit. Ah. Go. Oh, on. there he goes. Ah. Oh. Oh, this is going to be like the end of Wizard of Oz where Dorothy's just like, oh, and you know, you changed this way and you changed that way. It's going to be great. This is the anatomy version of the fountains at the Bellagio in Vegas. Any moment. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) But you're stuck with us now. You glitzy little cunt. Oh, Brian. <laughs> I love, thank you for making this a C word friendly episode. It's one of my favorite words. Has it ever not been a C word friendly uh, episode? I don't know. I think at first you were not okay with it. So, I, no, I've been fine. It was just in context. So here's the thing. Yeah. So, right, Sarah always says, I always love a all time um, <laughs> So I'm, Sarah's been on since episode three. Sarah and I have gone back 13 years now. We've known wow. each other for 13 years. And if you don't remember the one episode we mentioned it, they yeah. had one date. <laughs> no, it's more like three, but whatever. Uh, it's not important because it's well. Three? Hold it's, on. It's Hold like, on. Sarah, no, what the three. fuck it is wrong three. with That's you? You let this motherfucker have three dates with you? <laughs> Shut up. It was one one date, just the two of us, a double date, and then he came over once when I was sick and I had to cancel a date. Yeah. Aww. So um, anyway, suffice it to say, we've become really good friends um, we haven't always agreed. In fact, we've had uh, a very heavy share of disagreement. Um, and when you wanted to come on the show, and she, it wasn't really a discussion. It was her saying, I'm going to be on the show. Way to go, Sarah. The two minds was like, oh, yeah, you could have you on as like, as like a guest. And she's like, no, I'm going to be on that show. <laughs> like, as, a, as a regular host. Fuck um, yeah. Yes. And, and I don't know why I was so gun shy about it because the moment you were on and you did a full episode I'm like oh naturally you need to be on this show Sarah knows best and we you know there have been times when our relationship has been adversarial oh yeah there have been times where I felt like our relationship has been nothing but professional 
Um, and that's been maybe my own insecurities or not. But of any host, I think on this show, you have consistently challenged the status quo. Yep. And mm-hmm. your your confidence that you speak of is well earned because it was forged in the crucible that is <laughs> this the bi- podcast. <laughs> forged in the crucible of the podcast. I'm, Where's the handle? I'm literally Where's the handle? envisioning a giant Tyrion Lannister right now. Like, yes. Are you yes. sure? It, it'll kill you. Only if I die. Yes, Sarah. That's what I mean. You're when about I say it will to take the full power of a dying podcast. <laughs> God for this you, podcast Brian. is not dying, um, though it does kind of feel like the tone of the last episode of Nerds in History. It's not. This is not the last episode. Um, it'll be if if it's me talking to myself. This podcast will persist. You're gonna um, keep it alive. I'll keep it. <laughs> um, so it's last dying to the bite. Um, Hi, I'm Brian Moriarty, and with me is Mr. Biggles. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Biggles! That's going to create a whole nother personality. That's when it becomes the YouTube series, and it's just me and my sock puppet friend. I'm trying to channel oh, the shit, Fred funny. Rogers from the grave. Um, anyway, so, and you have changed me a lot. Thank you, Brian. Um, and for the positive, and... I'm glad that you didn't take no for an answer. I'm glad that you that you knew that you were had a place here and that you fought for your place here and you made us realize how stupid we were for not including you on this podcast. <laughs> um, and for, yeah, again, for bringing your voice Thank because you. you have grown into a company. You have grown from an academic into an advocate. And I think the difference is an advocate is someone who is public. An advocate is a leader. An advocate speaks with passion, with eloquence, Mm. and preach compassion at the same time. They talk. Did you memorize this? No, I am making this shit up (laughs) off the top of my head. (laughs) You do. And you have embodied those things. Thank you. And I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think you would have gotten there on a different path, but I'm glad that you being here helped shape that and that you're taking that even though you're not on the regular show and you're doing it for the greater good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. He wrote it. He had to have written it. No, I know. I'm kidding. But it's so good. I can't just believe that that you didn't write it. Yeah. That was some good improv. Um, Okay, now your next suggestion is Roxy. Roxy. (laughs) Do her next. Do her next. Do her, do her, do her. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Roxy. Oh shit. <laughs> no. Well, again, so Roxy. And I feel I like this is an now. end of an Archbishop Mitty High School retreat. Oh, sh- <laughs> fuck you. It's I feel like this is. When am I gonna hear dancing outside the fire? No, no. And no, I hope with episode three hundred we do this again. Yeah. Because we, we need to. Um. So no, fuck that. Um. I mean, it's true, but fuck that. Um. So, <laughs> Roxy. We've gone back 11 years at this yeah. point. We met at West Alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was that long ago. Um, and we've also met again. Our our paths have always kind of like rejoined at various points in time. Yeah. We re, are we did a couple plays together, or I played together at uh, San Jose State as well. And it's always been fun to see kind of like, it was fun to see where you were. And then the third time our path rejoined is when Sarah suggested you come on the show to talk about Mel Brooks with... <laughs> Uh, young Frankenstein and when you came on 
I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, we need her on this show regularly <laughs> because she's so energetic, she is so funny, she's so just like hanging out with the fr- with the guys, hanging out with the fr- with our friends, very positive energy, and I think if anything else, that's what you brought to the show. No offense, Sarah, you brought. <laughs> You brought. She is far more lively and energetic than I brought, am, like, hands down. You brought such <laughs> a positive vibe and an enthusiasm to the show that it changed the tone for the good. So much so that, as I've said before, there is two points in this show. There is before Roxy and there is after mm-hmm. Roxy. Yep. Because you joining the show changed everything. Aww. Everything. Wow. Everything. It, it made us the way we are now. Whoa. It's true. Thank you. Damn. Aww. Some people bring gravitas. You brought levitas. <laughs> you brought. You brought. You brought. And you brought brevitas as well to the show. So, yeah, because you'd be like, Sean, shut the fuck up. And that is one of my favorite quotes from Nerdonomy that happens a lot. And, and like no joke to be able. I'm actually. I'm gonna pull this in here and to be able to share a microphone with another female mm. who understood what the fuck I was talking about <laughs> on a deeper level than some of the guys like mm. thank you cool. yes. thank you yes yeah you were yeah actually now that I realize it you are also podcast Anakin Skywalker you brought balance to the force you did. it used to be two it used to be three guys and a girl yeah or it was two guys and a girl and then it was three guys and a girl and then it finally was yeah. two dudes two chicks and yeah. and that was a big change not only for like just you know uh, uh balance sake but also just the content got more diverse yeah. and yeah. and the opinions got more well-rounded absolutely cool, yeah. man. and also you brought in just as, for, as far as content goes too not just like tone but you added in a passion for documentary film that we never touched on before wow. or on independent film or on stuff that's not in theaters Dude. that you're watching that you're watching online that we had, we helped expand the breadth of the show because of that. We wouldn't have had. A I wanted to do I wanted you. to do documentary episodes beforehand, but you guys opposed my eight part Faces of Death episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we um, didn't go down that route. So yeah, thank you, thank and you. you've also you you have become and you will always be the mother confessor of this podcast now. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so I wear that badge. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Aww. Gina. I'm really worried because you're. I'm worried you're gonna come into this and just be like, "You're fucking weird." I don't have and, dick to say about you. And <laughs> whoa, good job, Sean. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Nailed it. Gina, Gina, before Brian starts, before oh Brian starts, whenever I as, no, but seriously, Brian. Even though Gina could, you know, Gina, as timeline wise you are the Winston Zeddemore of this podcast you came in late but you made a big splash cool. and I think Brian's got a lot of amazing things to say about you don't sell yourself short yeah Bef- and- uh. before Brian starts though I do want to say that Gina every single time I listen to the I listen to the show now that I'm not a regular host on it but every single time I listen to the show I'm just like thanking Jeebus up and down that you're the one who took my spot <laughs> yes Aww, because- agreed because thank you there i i couldn't imagine anybody else doing it the torch has been not passed. To, not to say that i want i was like exclusive or precious or whatever about my seat but <laughs> um 
you you really you bring something so much you bring so much more than i ever did in certain areas and i'm just so grateful mm. for yeah. for you being there oh yeah. thank you yeah and so gina and i have an interesting story <laughs> She knows exactly where I'm going. I know, this. I, know I do because I brought it up before. The, the first time that. I met Gina, oh, she hit on me in a bar. Yeah, that's weird. What? Yeah, yeah. I did. How has nobody we ever in, talked about this? We were at a trivia Sean, night. We talk, you were Sean, on we talked and about she it left me, And she left me a note. I was like, what? 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 I, I was just, I was just so caught off guard by the whole situation <laughs> no that it just didn't. I didn't know how to respond, and, I, and I'm sorry for that. Cause... Oh no, 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 no! I was at a very like I'm gonna paraphrase the end of Fight Club. Just you met me at a very strange time in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when you had come on to guest for the Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings episodes, naturally I was like, okay, this is gonna be a little weird, but um, oh just like socially, but. <laughs> we did, but we never talked about it, which made it so much better. And then we didn't talk about it until months later, until you were on the show, or years later, until you were actually on the show. And I agreed, oh, wasn't that funny and silly and awkward? Yeah, it was funny and yeah. silly and awkward. Okay, so, um, I I mean, we've already said it, it was enough. funny and silly. It's still <laughs> awkward, bro. <laughs> oh Gina, as somebody who has dated three of the guys who've been involved in Nerdonomy at one point or another... <laughs> You just learn to get past these things. Yes. yes. You learn to oh, no, move. I have. You just I've, been a, I've been in a very stable relationship for the past three and a half years now. I'm beyond it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, what a time up. to be alive in yeah. economy history. Yeah, you're just, you're just moving I'm the only it. one who hasn't dated somebody here. Also, probably because I'm an asshole. Yeah. And you're all adults that like good boys. Well, <laughs> Roxy hasn't dated anybody involved in economy. No, economy. I've been the Not longest yet. standing single Not kid in yet. the show. I know she's gunning for you Eric. You say that, but I think I think there's something. I have a, <laughs> see, Roxy, you say that, and I think something positive. I don't know. I just I have a feeling. I just have a feeling. Oh, thank um, you. But no, you're Gina, I mean, so Gina, obviously, you've been on the show. The the you're the youngest member of the show, as yes. far as the m- number of episodes. Um, and I've talked a number of times on that, like in the time in the short time you've been here about how much yes, you have the podcast. So <laughs> a lot of what I would say would be re rehashing those mm-hmm. statements but you know <laughs> that the level you have brought to this show the balance of intellectualism and humor and <laughs> is and also just that you're you don't take yourself too seriously which is actually like really just refreshing because mm-hmm. i think sometimes people use a podcast and thinking oh i gotta get on my pedestal i gotta do this but yeah brian <laughs> but may i may I speak to that briefly by saying you it's the perfect juxtaposition and combination of you not taking yourself too seriously, but you taking the content we're reviewing super fucking seriously. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Totally. Thank you. Absolutely. And also, it's nice to have another Catholic kid in the room. Like, that's the other hey, thing that's been nice. It's been I'm balanced. still Catholic, according to paperwork. Um, so fuck you. And I will Just say this, that Gina singing that one um, song from Lord of the Rings is oh, one yeah. of the most iconic <laughs> nerdonomy oh, moments yeah. we've had. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Like, we've gotten so much great feedback about that moment. It was such a, like, a game changer. Yeah. Benchmark moment. Y'all are um, so truly. And Shawnzy. Oh, Shawnzy. Oh, here we go. So Try to make me cry, bitch. Obviously. I made you cry. <laughs> Do it. So, nothing, obviously. Nothing he says is going to be as good as your best man speech, Sean. So, Sorry. No, his best man speech <laughs> is pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. good. Um, so, obviously, Sean, I've known you since I could remember shit so, 33 uh, years of horrors um the joke that is that when i took my first step sean pushed me down and you uh, never got back up again because we've always had this kind of love-hate relationship 
Um, and because I walk, that's the thing I do. You do other stuff. <laughs> so, um, what I will tell, what I will regale you guys with is how Sean got involved with Nerdonomy because I'd originally gotten the concept for Nerds on History, Nerds on Film with with Dave and with Eric, and I had recorded two pilots that I had done no editing, and I sent the files to Sean to listen to. And Sean, <laughs> Sean actually just like legit, I said, dude, be brutally honest because he's my brother. He's always, he's always been brutally honest with me. Yeah. You didn't have to ask. Uh, exactly. Just like be honest with me. It'd be unsolicited or and and like, This hey, is horseshit. Kill like, yourself. You, this is stupid. <laughs> and he was like, and Sean was like, Sean was like, no, this is good. Oh, wow. No, this is actually really good. Nice. And he's like, and you know what? How often are you planning on doing this? It's like, uh, I'm going to try to do this once a week. I said, well, that's going to be a lot of work. Why don't I edit the podcast for you guys? Wow. He offered, mm-hmm. out of the kindness of his heart, yeah, to jump in, to do both those. And then finally, Aww. he got jealous of the fact that we were having so much fun. <laughs> and then finally, he's like, okay, you got to let me on for one episode. And I let him on with the Mobro Batman show. And then finally, when Dave, when Dave determined he was ready to kind of take a step back from the show, I'm like, well, naturally, Sean's got to come on because... I mean, Aww. every time he was a guest on, it was hilarious. It was great. It was awkward because of the shit. He I would think say. no. The first but, episode I was on was the uh, was the disaster movie episode, which we had to do twice because the first episode's audio was not usable. <laughs> no. Yes, we so. did. We recorded it twice. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny. Our disaster, our disaster movie episode was a disaster. Total disaster. <laughs> it was, and that one's called Pullman beats Freeman in a land, or yeah, Pullman beats Freeman in a landslide. No, no, no. Oh. That was a, no. That was pres- presidential uh, elections. Was that? Yeah. That was so fake what presidents. The fuck was the first one? Fake presidents. What was it called? Uh, I can't remember. Um, I'll dig. You make me cry. Um, well, you can't make. I can't make you cry if you're not focusing on what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so look at that eye contact. <laughs> um, obviously, Sean and I have a complex relationship, <laughs> and it's one that you know I have no problem saying that I love you dearly, and you've said the same thing to us. We know there have been times where our egos and our pride has unfortunately dragged the rest of the nerds in to our <laughs> cyclone of brotherly troubles. Um, but I'm grateful for the fact that we work through them as like a family. We don't give up on each other because we're family. Just repeated hitting. That's how you guys work just, it out. Just knock out, drag out. <laughs> Bruises heal. So do broken bones. It's okay, Brian. Um, Just get it together. Think of your dad's stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Why would you do that to him? Shit. Uh, no, I'm fine. So I'm trying to keep it together because what I want to say, I really want to make sure it doesn't get lost on the mic. Um, For those of you who don't remember, that's a sexy turkey. Uh, back and minus the kale part two, yeah. Minus the kale uh, part, part two. One, part one, actually. <laughs> was it part, part one? Because it was yeah. the history one. That yeah. was that was the first time Brian ever cried on the show. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of many. <laughs> yes, it has. Um, I remember when you said to me, you thanked me in person for making me part of this. Thank you for making me a part of this. <laughs> I was going to say But... I never got to thank you for being here ever. And thanks, Shanzi. I hate you. I don't want to sound <laughs> I don't want to sound arrogant. I don't want to sound like a dick, but this might come off that way. But I 
I think this podcast saved your life. And I'm glad I was able to offer you that. Wow. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> saved I my life. I do. I really, I really do mean that. Because you were in a very... You were in a very crossroads in your life, and you were also, there like was. you said, you weren't making... It's not like I was shooting heroin. <laughs> no, Or, like, but... blowing lines of cocaine or anything. See, you even said it, Sean. You even said this show changed the direction of your life. It's very true. But, look but you know what? Things... Maybe I'm just not ready to deal with the fact that maybe that could have happened. <laughs> but, I mean, think of everything that's changed about you because of this show. Everything about you is different because of this show. I mean, you're still very much you, <laughs> but your career changed completely because Very of true. this show mm-hmm. so yeah this podcast did save your life because it's safe it definitely did because i'll tell you something about the restaurant industry is it will suck your soul out of your body hmm. you do it too long through your butthole through the butthole and now we get to me how have i changed since i've done this podcast Let's get some can, of that can, self-reflection can up in this i book. maybe suggest some ways um, since that you've I... been here the longest next to sean yeah, Sarah. um I, I, as long as you're letting me comment with you, sure. I'm. I'm just just so you can regroup for a moment. I'm gonna just say some things. I'm at gonna you. try. And I'm probably. Gonna, I need more napkins because I'm probably gonna lose. Thank I'm also you for saving also, my life, Brian. I'm worried you. that I'm worried that all of this Mama Wano was potentially poisoned, and Brian just gave us all very beautiful eulogies. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> We're gonna die now. <laughs> and now everyone. Sleep. This is like that and now creepy Jim part, Jones recording. I leave you, little people, of the burden of your yeah. sad and ineffective <laughs> lives. But as my plastic surgeon always once said, if you gotta, if go, you gotta go, go with a smile. Go with a smile. <laughs> oh my god, so creepy. All right. Well, I will say that I think over the span of this, um, and, and this is okay. This is gonna sound like some harsh criticism. I don't mean it to. You're, I've earned it. Yeah, you're, you have become, incre- like you were already, you already had the spirit of generosity about you before when we started, or else you wouldn't have pulled so many people in. Mm-hmm. You've become so much more generous over the course of this podcast about allowing people space to participate and to talk and to express their creativity, um, and to not you know, not shut them down, but to give them room to grow and encourage them. I've seen that in you over the past few years, and it's a beautiful thing. And I think that's one of the things that's making you a really awesome educator and a really great teacher and a really great, you know, mentor to the kids that you're working with now. Um, Mm, So never lose that. (laughs) Never lose that. That's something that you've really um, have grown a lot in this process. And I think... um, and I think there's a, a certain level of that that, you, you know, you kind of mentioned the ego thing. You've you've kind of let some of that preciousness go. Um, and and I think that that's been a, a huge, a huge point of growth for you over this of the, over this period of time. And I think that's been something that has made our friendship stronger yeah. for sure um, over the span of this um, process. And I think um your impressions are only getting better. Oh, <laughs> and I think it's the, the competing with Sean for competing for best impressions. So your impressions are getting really good. Um, <laughs> um, I, I see you approach this podcast and the work that you're doing and the way you're living your life and everything with a lot more uh, patience and balance. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, just it it's been so uh, refreshing 
to see you go through that too. Um, it's been helpful for me to see it too, because I think it kind of reminds me to, to stay patient and balanced as well. Um, you know, when we closed out nerds on history and you told me that I made you a feminist <laughs> over the period of time. And that I think was a big change. And I think that was really awesome too. And I fought that really, yeah. <laughs> I, that was a fighting battle to try and, um, and I think what in turn that has done is, um, also made you not to say that you weren't compassionate before, but you become even more compassionate, um, which has been really awesome. I, the, to, I've known, again, I've known you for 13 years and, and both of us have changed a lot. And I, I think that both of us have changed into some pretty cool people. And I'm really glad that we're still friends and we still get to, to ride this roller coaster as friends together. It's kind of fun. I'm, I'm thankful for that too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Holy and- shit. I never said thank you, Brian, for like, well, I wouldn't have any of you three mm. ladies or Eric or Dave as friends of mine if it wasn't this fucking podcast. You guys were uh, almost all of you except for Gina because you weren't part of the podcast yet. We're at my fucking wedding. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're pretty fucking close. <laughs> I know. I yeah. You guys are you guys are my other family for sure. Seriously. Even though I'm not here all the time. Even though Dave lives in L.A. Even though we never hear from Eric because he's busy raising children and a whole fucking squadron of children. Eric is raising too many children. If you guys have seen Hotel Transylvania, it's like the Steve Buscemi werewolf where he's just got like all of the werewolf like pups all over him all the time. That's Eric. But I I know, like, I know that if I were ever unfortunately in this in a shitty crossroads in my life where I was desperate and I like and I needed someone something someplace i know that i could always come back to you guys to my family my nerd family mm-hmm. and y'all have my back yeah and i love yeah. y'all for it y'all are my rider dies yeah um, cool. Aww. thank you if i could add an addendum to that no do it um you still have to talk about how you changed yeah brian well i agree with what you said <laughs> that i when i started out this podcast i had a vision in mind and I and I said I we started this podcast, but at the, at that point for me it was I. I felt you this, pictured your name in lights. <laughs> I felt this pressure to achieve something, to accomplish something, because I had never done that. I was a film major who never completed a short film, a writer who had never completed a screenplay. Mugger you know, clowns. The, most, the only thing I had ever accomplished was being an actor, and even then I had not really broken out to a professional level or anything like that by that point. And I needed something as a creative outlet to do a project to get us going. And so the idea of, of just coming up with a podcast and doing it was really new and exciting for me. And so getting this together, building the website, maintaining it, maintaining this group has been a labor of love and it's been a labor sometimes more than it's been love, but it's been a labor of love and i think what this po- how this podcast has changed me is i had to learn to be flexible mm-hmm. i had to learn to let go of my vision and acknowledge that i work through you guys and you guys work through me at the same time it's a symbiotic relationship we're, we're the symbiote <laughs> and um that at the end of the day, we all have something we're proud of because we all work together. So I had to learn how to get out of my own fucking way and let people just do their thing, you know? 
and let go of projects that never ended up happening. And there's tons of neurotic projects that never ended up happening. Oh my god, like us doing a whole YouTube channel, and right? All that stuff. On TV. I still think the neurotic water park could be a thing. <laughs> Words on words, the blog. Uh, it's great. You know, they were all great pipe dreams. Um, and who knows? They may, they could happen at some point. Yeah. But ultimately, it came down to what? Nerds on history, the lunchbox. Nerds on history, the flamethrower. <laughs> it ultimately love it. came down to what, um, what we all had the bandwidth to do. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously, and it took, I mean, you guys know this, it took a lot of personal growth <laughs> spiritually it took a lot of therapy to be totally vulnerable with everybody um i went into i returned into therapy in the middle of doing the podcast for about a year or so you're welcome yeah I, Sean. <laughs> because i was dealing with some pretty serious i don't want to say issues because i wasn't depression or anything like that but i was dealing with a lot of uh a lot of shame issues and thinking that if i couldn't accomplish this i wasn't good enough mm. I wasn't enough and it you guys were patient with me as much as I was patient with you guys you guys never gave up on me as much as I never gave up on you guys you allowed me to grow you allowed me to become the person I am today and you guys turned me into I mean I used to always argue, and I felt like it was weird to say that, like, well, I'm the leader of this this podcast because I was the one who organized everything. But I kind of feel like you guys have turned me into the leader of this now because, like, because of what you I've allowed you guys to do and what you've allowed me to do. You just you wanted it so bad, yeah. so I'm like, all right, I guess. <laughs> and we're and and we're all really lazy, so. <laughs> Brian, you literally taught me how to use the nerd computer. Like, I'll never forget that like tutorial. I mean, you are the nerd in chief for a lot of like well-founded competency that I rely on you for. So I think automatically, like, there's a lot of trust I've always put in you, and you've been able to reciprocate that that sense of like dependability, you know. So thank you for that. You've always been consistent. Well, guys, as you can tell, the Mama Juana has taken uh, full swing. It has. Mm -hmm. We're like an oh hour shit. I just realized I did date. Well, I didn't date him, but I forgot that me and Kevin Satorius and Robert Kinzella all had a three-way DP blood orgy together. So I kind of did date somebody from the podcast. No wonder Kevin left. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, out of sheer terror. Oh, my God. We didn't, we didn't talk about the apocryphal other hosts who are no longer here. Dave is obviously Dave is going to say something obviously, and Eric yeah. will say something as well. We haven't gotten those recordings yet. We will work those in, yeah. And you guys will hear them when the episode releases. Um, but yeah. it might be this episode. It might be the next one. But it depends. Like we said, Eric has a bunch know, of werewolf babies chewing at him <laughs> at all times. But you know, you know, Kevin had to leave the show for his own reasons, and Robert had to leave stop appearing on the show for his own reasons, and and that reason was a Photoshop baby dick. Okay. We can. We've talked about it. Okay. What? Um, no, we actually haven't talked about it. So now our we listeners. Yes, no, we did. On the show. Briefly. Did we? Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it was the holidays. It was poorly timed. I apologize. Um, at, at any rate, you know those guys are off on their own journeys now, and I wish them well. You know, it's a bummer that we didn't stay as in close communication with them because I would have. I like to. I don't like to see relationships fade away. 
Sure. It happens. It's a it's a, fa- it's a fact are of healthy, life. Though. I am of the mindset that some people are not not to go completely hippy dippy about it, but there's some people walk away from your life for a reason and it's kind of okay and you can just appreciate the beautiful time you had together there's a yeah, great... while it existed. And from a family systems perspective, as a family, it's healthy to sometimes, you know, take a step back from certain relationships and yeah. and, and appreciate the space afforded through a pretty healthy cutoff. Mm-hmm. Um there's a spiritual saying, and I don't know who said it, but it's a modern age spiritual saying. It's just let go of the people who have clearly let go of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And, you know, having to learn that yeah. as well, uh, that I can't save every friendship. Yeah. Um, so. And not every friendship is worth saving. Right. Not to say that about Robert or Kevin. I, I actually... I mean, hey, I, as far as I'm concerned, they always have a spot. I'm, and I say this is not a regular host anymore, but I feel like they always have a spot if they wanted to come back and do a guest host thing or whatever. If they, Hey, you know, if they message me one day and like, hey, man, how's it going? We got talking and it came up. Hey, how's the podcast going? Mm-hmm. I would say, great. Do you want to come back on for an episode just to be just to shoot the shit and be a yeah. guest? Yeah. Say, and they would doing. say, I'll go on as long as Sean's not there. <laughs> and uh, and one, of, one of the aforementioned ones would have to... Make sure that they show up not drunk and on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. But I think you said it right. Yeah. We're not just a podcast, guys. Yeah. We are a family. We're a family. Mm-hmm. There's the family of blood and then there's the family of that you build through your, rela- through your friendships and relationships. And I'm blessed to have you guys as my extra family. Mm. Hashtag blessed. Aww. And also our guest, by the way, not also our guest hosts who oh, frequent yeah. nap. Oh yeah. Is part yeah. of our family. Yes, he is. Um, every, and I'm saying that cause he's been on more than once in recent times. Other people who have been on more than once are our family as well. Martha's you know? been on. But and that even extends to the people that I am still in contact with only because of this podcast through feedback from fans. I texted Steven Rosenberg from Motion Picture Meltdown throughout the entire hurricane, yeah. making jokes with him back and forth and stuff, talking him through some rough time. Like, and Benjamin Baker, another fucking guy who listens to our podcast, who I have, I have a relationship with those guys from miles and miles away yeah. just because of this podcast. Yeah, Athena's one of my good friends, and she's one yeah, of there you go. fans. Yeah, definitely. And that's the other thing, right? That we've built relationships. We've reached around the world. Seriously. The fact that we still have people who listen to us in Australia. Tom. Blows Tom. my fucking mind. And he's no, not I the only you, one. Honey. He's not the I only one. You come back to Do me, we baby? still have a listener in Sweden? <laughs> If anybody in Australia, too, yeah. If anybody in Australia, we've got a bunch. Of is today. somehow related to a Hemsworth? Get in <laughs> contact with that Hemsworth to try to get Chris Hemsworth on episode two hundred and fifty, so Roxy can take a little nap on his buns. Finally. Yep. <laughs> and Gina and Sarah, I suppose, but you guys only get five minutes. She gets fifteen. Roxy, that's, that's okay. Fair. I understand. If actually, if Chris Hemsworth can like get his butt over here his literal butt over here and then maybe bring chris evans in then roxy and i could just take joint naps on if i could make um if i could make an appeal to uh chris hemsworth before we wrap up uh mr hemsworth (laughs) friend of the podcast chris hemsworth (laughs) mr mr hemsworth we all appreciate your contributions to the marvel and star trek universes um if you might consider Doing a body cast 
<laughs> and to make and to use those for make a specially premium Chris Hemsworth body pillow for yes. science for science for science purposes. Yes. I'm almost certain you would get at least three orders. Brian, from very much in his room. From Brian, me, yeah. <laughs> Brian, if you don't think that Chris Hemsworth has a stack two miles high of letters written in cutout magazine type <laughs> asking the exact same thing, you're fucking crazy. You're crazy. True. Uh, oh, I wish that were true. Yeah. <laughs> a girl um, will dream. Well, anyway. So, uh, anyway, guys, we're, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm Schwitzer. Cry break. Oh. And But we are going to do this as a two-parter, like we said. So 201 is the ne- next part of this discussion, this yep. fun reminiscing and discussion of movies. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be next episode. We'll see you next we'll, – sorry, we will see you the next episode. So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. See ya. Bye. Later. (laughs) And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Ooh. Galileo! Galileo! Galileo Pilato! Are we done yet? My balls are in my throat. <laughs> <laughs>